Okay, good evening, everyone. So we are up to Simon Pei Zion, Siv Zion, continuing the halachas of Basa Bechalav. So Mavashel Shlil Bechalav, someone who who uh, cooks a shlil, which is the uh, which is a unborn fetus. Uh, we're talking about a cow, Bechalav. So Chayiv, he'd be Chayiv for cooking Basar Bechalav. That's a shlil. So we assume a shlil always contains basar, contains meat. Then Bechina Oichloi. Chayev, someone who eats it is with milk would be chayev as well. So fine. So the Shochanach is is continuing to go through what is considered basar. We spoke about many different uh, types of meat. We spoke about oif. We spoke about chayev. Now we're dealing with behema itself. What is included in a basar? So a shlil would be included in a basar. However, mavasha shilya shilya is the skin around it, the sack. So ar or skin. The R of a cow. We're going to discuss this at length today. Or Gidim, different types of sinews, at some is bones, bones of a, of a cow, the ikre, kronim, and the the roots of the horns. Let's say you have a ram. A ram is considered a kosher animal. So the or, or a bull. So the 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 part that's attached to the horn or the tlafim, which is the tlaf marakim, which is your uh, the hoofs, that's how how they uh, historically they made pecha or gala depending where you come from so these things are putter halacha is this is based on a rambam a person who cooks this with milk or you consume it with milk putter meaning there's no malchus but it seems like there would be an iser midrabban we know throughout masach to shabbos whenever the gemara says putter we say putter rabalaser it sounds like you're putter from malchus but there would still be an iser drabbanan of cooking bones with milk or eating vechina oichan pater, it's only pater. However, it would still be, it would still be aser midrabanan. We're going to come back to this soon. Just one thing to mention, just a random fact, is that most companies do not use the hooves to uh, to make pecha anymore. We'll see when we, we're, going, we're going to discuss gelatin. You don't need uh, the hoof, that part of the animal, to make pecha. They're usually using uh, shank bones and they're cooking it a certain way that the gel comes out. That's how they uh, they make it. It's, the, the reason why it's important is because, in a, from a malicha standpoint, we're not learning hilchas malicha, but the halacha is that you have to salt a uh, you have to salt the meat before you know to, to remove the blood, and 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 what you do is you have to have the meat. The meat has to be able to drain all that blood. If the meat is on a keli, let's say you took a you know a flat countertop and you salted the meat on it, it wouldn't work because the meat would the blood would have nowhere to go. It would stay there. It would it would uh, collect on the bottom of the piece. On the counter, so the hoof—it's a, it's a discussion in the pie scheme. If the hoof is considered a keli, and therefore when you're salting the uh, when you're salting pecha, there were many halachas that, that they had to keep in mind. Today, nobody's interested in doing this, so they'll just use a shank bones, which have regular malicha, and uh, they'll just prepare prepare it in a way that could get people their their uh, their gelatin, their pecha. Okay, that's sif zayin. We're going to come back to some of the halachas here in a few minutes. Sif ches quickly. We're going through this quickly because it's not so except for the uh, the topic of gelatin. So, we saw this previously. There are those that say that which is uh, whey. Whey is the, uh, the when, when a person makes cheese, so you took milk. Milk has many components. There's the cream, which if you, uh, you separate it, that's called cream. Some people like to drink cream with their milk, or you have half and half, half milk, half cream. That cream, could, if you just isolate the cream, Usually milk has 4% cream. You take that cream, if you churn it, you could do it yourself, shake it for, for a few minutes, you could get butter. That's where uh, butter comes from. Or, and that's sweet cream. 
Additionally, milk has casein protein and whey protein. When when you make cheese, what you do is depending on if it's fat, you know, skim skim milk or milk that has fat in it. What you're doing is either through rennet. We're going to discuss this next week how to actually make cheese and the many different halachas that come up. And what you're doing is you're putting together the casein and the fat and other 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 items. However, not everything is is going to be formed into cheese. There's going to be byproduct, which for many many years it was a headache for the companies. There's actually a lake in Minnesota. I believe it's called Lake Winstead where the lake was ruined over many decades. There was a big cheese plant on top of the hill, and they would dump whey into the, uh, in, into the lake. So it's a famous lake. I think, it's, I think it's called Lake Winstead in Minnesota. So it cost the, the company, I think dairy, dairy companies, most of their uh, overhead is dealing with waste, how to get rid of their, their, uh, their junk. So it used to be they dump it in the river. Now they pay someone else and he dumps it in the river. But, uh, but historically, the whey was considered garbage. Over time, people started using it for protein and for uh, for other other uh, as an ingredient in food, and therefore there's a huge uh, a huge market for whey. We'll discuss at a different time. That was the catalyst for making craft polio cheese kosher because they needed kosher whey, so they ended up making kosher cheese. We'll discuss at a different time. But anyways, the whey that separates when you make cheese that is called nesube dechalba, and there's the machlekes rishonim if that's considered chalav. So yesh mishaimer dinisube the chalav einam mechalav mechalav. It's not called mechalav. The gemara says mechalav is is, uh, is is fine with 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 meat on a deraisa level. And there, that's what we saw previously in sevav. Here the shofar says some argue and they say no whey is not considered mechalav. It's chalav mamish and you cannot have whey with your meat for aser minatayra. So what is mechalav that the gemara discusses? That's hainu achas magvina when you Finish making the cheese, so now you have whey. If you cook the whey, mavashim hanesiube, you cook the whey, you remove the whey, the ha'aychel tzaf mamal, the whey, or the, the whey cream floats up, the lainisha by elamayim ba'amal, all you have is water. In that water, uh, there's lactose, lactose is still in that water. Zeu hanikra mechalov. So mechalov is lactose. So we had a machlaikas if whey is mechalov or lactose is mechalov. Either way, it's asumid rabban. And the question, is which one is Asr Midaraisa? Is it whey? Uh, or is whey also included in Mechalav and, and, uh, and, and a Mutter on a Deraisa level? What's the Nafkamina? We spoke about uh, sl- uh, uh, diet slurpees a few years ago. Another Nafkamina, Rabbi Yashav says, is that let's say a person has a lactose pill or lactose medication. So you should realize you're only dealing with Chalav on a Deraisa level. So let's say a person is, is Fleishiks. So if you, if you waited an hour already, we'll see that soon in Simon uh, Peches and Peites. We'll discuss separating between fleshics and milchics. So one could consume a lactose pill after, uh, after you know, while they're fleshic, as long as there's some type of tzarach, because we're dealing with chalav only on a derabanan level. And the whole thing of waiting six hours is derabanan. So two derabanans equal uh, equal a hetter when it comes to medicine. Okay, that's Sifches. Sifches, again, we're just going to see this quickly. Most of us are not in the, uh, the cheese business. So... Next question, then the next sif discusses chalav hanimtza b'keva. So you shechted a cow, and the cow just drank milk before shechita. Now there's milk in the keva. There's milk in the stomach. What's the halacha? Do we say, it's milk? I see milk here. Looks like milk to me. It should be considered milk, and it's milchiks. Or, we'll see in sif next week, maybe it should be considered fleishik, right? 
because it's milk that's in the it's in the in, it's in the flesh of the stomach of the cow. Maybe it's flesh. So let's see. Chalav and Insa Bekeva ain't a chalav. It's not considered milk. So let's say you wanted to make a cheeseburger. I know uh, Phil, you were thinking about cheeseburgers. So with your uh, with your uh, lab grown meat, maybe we'll discuss it at a different time. But let's say you had milk milk that came from the stomach of a cow. So the cow, you shechted the cow, the cow would drink uh, a few minutes before shechted, there's milk in the stomach. That milk is parv. According to the Shulchan Aruch, the milk is parv. Even the soul, even the liquid milk is called parv. However, he says, v'yesh misha oiser. Don't get so excited. There was an aser, and the Ramah says, v'chein again. That's the minog. The backdrop to this machlekes is the following. This comes up in uh, in smoked fish production. So let's say you're uh, you're making tuna. So you have... You have this big, these big uh, tunas, and you're smoking tuna. There's going to be, in, in the gut of the tuna, there's going to be fish or other things that the tuna just recently ate. Whatever Mr. Tuna had is still in the tuna, and you're cooking it, so you have a problem. Now, some companies will gut the fish before they process it. So when you buy raw tuna in, 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 the, in, the, in the store, there's no problem. You don't have uh, the insides of the tuna. You just have a, tu- uh, you know, a piece of tuna, a fillet, make sure it has a skin on it, but... You don't have to worry about it. But if they're smoking whole fish before they can it, before they send it, uh, you know, send it out for further processing, if it's being smoked together or cooked together with fish inside, so if that fish is not kosher, so it should asser the tuna. Let's say the tuna ate shrimp for breakfast. I don't think they do that. But let's say the salmon, the salmon eat shrimp. That gives them their color. So if, if a salmon ate a shrimp, so when you cook it together, you're smoking salmon. So now you just have trafe, you have shrimp in the salmon. Shouldn't that be a problem? So the, the halacha is like this. If it's a if it's a full intact fish that's still inside the salmon, most of the Paiskin would say, yeah, you have a problem. You have bleus of shrimp in, in the salmon. However, typically they don't find the full fish. It's it's already uh chewed up or, or, or the stomach has already uh, done its thing, and therefore it's called persha. It's called junk, it's called garbage, and the halacha is anything. Anything that, that once the stomach has processed, it's called pirsha. It's it's nothing. It's not usser. It's, there's, there's no problem with it. There's nothing wrong with with that. Another example of this would be shellac. So many candies have shellac. Shellac is called confectioner's glaze. It's interesting to note that most of us have no problem eating candies with uh, with shellac, Mike and Ike's or the like. However, many uh, many Hasidim and even Eretzisol, I believe the Rabbanut, many many of the hashkachas in Eretzisol do not allow shellac candies. Once a year, someone here will ask me, well, you know, their child was told uh, that their friend doesn't eat candies that have confectioner's glaze. So shellac is, is coming from, I think it's called a lac beetle. The lac beetle uh, ex- excretes some type of glaze that's used for floors and for other, other building materials, shellac. However, they put it on candies as well, M&M's. The, the shine on, on an M&M is shellac. So if you get Haimisha M&Ms, assuming they know what they're doing, and, and they care about this uh, this Chumrah, so they would not be confection. They might even say on the package, no confectioner's glaze. They might actually say that to show that they're not using it. So who's Mekel? Rav Moshe Feinstein was Mekel. He said, it's in the beginning of Yeridei Chilik Beis, that shellac is not a problem because the the the, the, beetle, the, the beetle ate whatever he ate, and it's just Pirsha. It's just, it's like the tuna that ate, or the salmon that ate uh, shrimp, and has processed it, whatever comes out is Pirsha. So the question over here regarding the milk in the stomach of the cow is that this cow just drank milk. Is it considered Pirsha? So some hold, well, it depends. But is it the same, is it the same like the honey from a bee, bee? Why it's coach, why it's the same reason. So the honey from a bee is, is, first of all, you're right, 
some learn it's actually Xeris Akasiv, that Eretz Chalav Chala with Vash, honey, but the honey tastes good. The honey tastes honey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be. That, that honey actually tastes good, so maybe it wouldn't be called Pirsha. Shellac is, 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 is junk. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't taste good. It might be used in a food ingredient. Doesn't ha- doesn't have a, a good taste. So that's another reason why we call Pirsha. It's a good question. Hold, hold off on that question. Maybe you can learn it out from other places. But either way, where Moshe says, again, this is found um, in the beginning of your idea, based on a lot of the sugyas we're discussing today. And that is, once the animal already ate, drank this milk, if it became, if, if, if it's processed, so then it's called Pirsha. The machlaikis in our our sif is really when we know it's milk. It doesn't didn't change. It's like having a full shrimp inside the stomach, inside of the, the gut of the, of the salmon. So we can't be makel. You see the shrimp in front of you. How could you call that Pirsha? It's 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 a good it's it's uh, it's a good crab, it's a good shrimp. So the same thing over here regarding the milk. If you could use the milk, how could you call it Pirsha? So you have machlaikis. Do we do we uh are we makel? The Mechaber says in the first in the, in the first opinion, he's makel even by the liquid milk. That's already considered Pirsha. And then he says, Vishmisha Oyser, that's the minog. And if you look in the Shach, he says that even 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 the even the uh there are sheet doesn't hold even if it's already dried, even after Karish, a few lines in, even Karish will be a problem. So if you have any plans of making cheeseburgers, it's not so simple to use the stomach, the milk that's found in the stomach of a cow. Okay, so, that, so what I want to discuss tonight is the Shila of gelatin. And the truth is, there are three different sugyas that we have to learn regarding gelatin. Two of them are found in the Simon Pezayin. One we just mentioned regarding R and Atzamais, the hide of the cow and Atzamais and the, and the bones. The third sugya is not found here. It's found uh, in other places in Shas. In other places in Shulchan primarily in Hilchas uh, Besamim, smelling Besamim, that's in Simon Reish Tezayin and Archaim, regarding the concept of Nishtana, when things change, or Panim Chadash Shespohokan, there are new things that, you know, the the item went from A to B, it changed, does that uh, change the status in Halacha? So, just to give a little background. So, if you want to think about what gelatin is, so if you keep your uh, chalant out for a few hours, it congeals. Now, part of that is because the, the fat of meat congeals at room temperature, but the gelling is, is if you have if you put bones in the chalant, you will see a little bit of gelling taking place. That gelling is gelatin. When you have collagen, collagen is found in skin and in bones, that causes the gelling. That's the gel, gelling of uh, bacha. Today, it, it became a, a craze to, to add collagen and protein to all types of things. Coffee, many coffee companies, they add collagen to their coffee. Uh, protein bars, people are adding collagen to all the drinks. Anyways, so it's, a, it's an interesting uh, texture, and it, it, it gels. Now, because it gels, it has, has, has many, uh, it serves many functions in the food industry. First of all, when you make yogurt, you want the yogurt to gel. If you if you notice your Heimishi yogurt, it doesn't uh, it doesn't have a a custard like texture. It's it's watery. What it's missing is a good stabilizer. The best stabilizer is gelatin. Now you can ask me. There are there are kosher maybe not chalvistral that also use this. They also use some type of vegetable uh, stabilizer, and they know that it's not as good as the gelatin. There are certain companies they only use they only will only Make yogurt with gelatin. Your yo plate yogurt. I heard they're switching, but that for now, yo plate a Danon with a K on it. Um, 
McDonald's. McDonald's, they have yogurt there. They only, they only uh, manufacture yogurt with gelatin in it because gelatin has, a, has, this, um, has this gelling nature. Many ice cream companies used to use it before they all became kosher. Candies, gummies, marshmallows, medicine. There are reasons why why uh, they use gelatin. So it's used in many, many, uh, many, many, ap there are many applications of gelatin. And the question is, what do we do? Is, is gelatin, which we didn't even describe it, is it kosher? Is it not kosher? How is it made? What's the machlekes? Is it mutter? So let's see. The, uh, the, the way they make gelatin is they take skins of, Cows, pigs, now depending on the country, if you go to China, they're using horses and other animals. In India, I once read that they used uh, even human bones, but we're not going to discuss that. They use all types of things to make anything they could get that has collagen in it, they will use to make gelatin. Gelatin is you, uh, you hydrolyze the collagen that's found in the skin of a cow, and you soak it in some type of solution to get it to the perfect pH level. And now you have, you hydrolyze it, now you have gelatin. So, on one hand, we just mentioned that our skin of a cow, let's assume they're making it from skin of a cow, it's not buster, at least on a Daraisa level. That's one thing. What about atzamais? What about bones? And the question is, can we eat gelatin? Can we not eat gelatin? Many years ago, there was a, there was a chocolate company that was under Hashkacha, and they, and they allowed gelatin in the, uh, in the product. The Rabbanut historically always allowed gelatin in products. Over the last 10, 15 years, they uh, sort of stopped, but there are still products in Israel with a rabbanon in it that contain gelatin. So, what exactly is the shaila? So three. So again, we mentioned there are three sugas we have to learn. So let's 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 go one at a time. The first suga is R and at some way. So let's go back to Sif Zion. The Shulchan Aruch says, and Lachar it's an open and shell case. He says R and at some ways, If you have skin of a cow, we're talking about cows here, or at some ways, or bones of a cow, putter. What does potter mean? We would assume potter, avalaser, that it's potter. One is not uh, over for eating this with milk, basr b'chalav, but it's still aser. It still has an iser of, of, uh, of basr b'chalav. So if it's called basr, so how could he tell me that if I used it from a non-shechted cow, we took a, a cow from Tyson beef and we made a gelatin out of it, how could he tell me that this, uh, that, that, that is kosher? The Shulchan Aruch already said it's a, it's, it's a problem. So, We'll have to see. Maybe there are those that learn the Shulchan Aruch differently. But on my page, it says Pater, and I would assume Pater Avalasar. The second sugi we have to learn, and we're jumping ahead to next week's topic. So next week, we're going to learn in Sif Yud uh, how, to make, uh, how to make artisan cheese. So today, the way, the way they make cheese, they use uh, microbial rennet. So there's no animal part. It's kosher. It's made in a lab somewhere. However, Historically, the way they made cheese, and even today, they make artisan cheese, especially in Italy or Italian cheese, it needs animal rennet. So how are you using animal rennet? So the Ramad discusses that let's say you had, you had, um, you had, towards the end of the Ramad in Sif Yud, he says, let's say you had arakeva, you had the skin of the keva, which is the stomach of the, of a cow. Venasa ke'etz, it became so miyavshnoisai, mochanoisai miyavshnoisai, you salted, you dried it out. Venasa ke'etz, it became like wood. It became like a baseball glove. It's not, uh, it's not food anymore. Umamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamam
Mutter, it's mutter. Why? The ma'achash and the since it dried up, havikei eats ba'alma, vein by lachluchas basar, and there's no, uh, there's no moisture, there's no moisture, there's no no uh, remnants of meat. It's dried out and it's mutter. So some wanted to say when it comes to the gelatin, we have yavesh ke'etz, the the hides are dried out. That's hetta number two. Hetta number three is based on based on panim chadash. Is based on that it's new that we took uh, skin and now you made this uh, gelatin product. That doesn't look like skin anymore. It has nothing to do with skin anymore, and therefore it's a brand new thing. Panim chadashes baokan. It's like you know you have uh, milk comes from blood according to the Gemara. Perhaps what Phil said, you have honey coming from bees. I don't like the raya, but maybe. But panim chadashes baokan. So that's the that, those are the three different different sugars. So let's break it apart one at a time. Regarding arvat samays. So first of all, I just mentioned the shochanar says potter. Potter sounds like potter avulaser. That it would still be aser. However, that's how I read it. The Reb Chaim Eiser, who wrote the famous Shalos and Shuvas Achiezer, he was the Dayan in Vilna right before the war. He paskin. They know that that uh, when the Mechaber here says R and uh, and that Samois, he's talking about soft skin and soft bones. So that's why there, there there's a putter putter avalaser. But if it will be dried out bones, etzim uh, yevashim dried out bones, there'll be no problem. So that's that's the shita of of the Achiezer, that it would that Eitzim Yevashim would be mutter. Now it happens to be, if you want to go with this heter alone, most gelatin in America is not coming from, it's not bovine gelatin, it's not coming from a cow, it's coming from pork skins. It's easier to make gelatin out of pork skins. So, now most will never give Ashkacha to pork skins, even if they go with this heter, but you don't have the heter of R, because the Gemara in Chulun, the Kuf says, that pork skins, oiram kivsaram, the skin of a chazer is like the meat, and therefore, uh, gelatin from, from, from pork hide would not be mutter based on this. Even if you want to go that this is aryavesh, whatever, there's a difference between the uh, the porcine, uh, the, the, the uh, hides, gelatin, versus the bovine, the bovine gelatin. That is the shita of, you know, the achiezer again is makele by. The dried bones. However, the simple reading of the Shulchan Aruch is not like that. Rav Moshe argues, and again, Rav Moshe only holds only the rabbanon because again, Pater Rav So just the fact that they used cow skin, that alone is not the best hetter. But at least we knock it down to the rabbanon. So if you found gelatin made from cows from cat from bovine hide, and you knew for sure it came from a cow skin, according to the Shulchan Aruch, according to Rav Moshe, the way he reads the Shulchan Aruch is awesome the rabbanon. According to the Achiezer. It will be mutter legami, no problem. That's cow uh, cow skin. Now the problem is those that give ashkacha on the cow skin. There are a few problems. One of them is that they don't have mashkichim there, making sure there's no meat on it. So when they rip off the skin, they're not they don't care about kashras in the in Tyson beef. They just gotta get rid of the skin, and there could be meat still on that skin. So if you're just relying that R is not considered basar when it comes to bovine cows, and you're going with the achiezer's reading of the shulchan aruch. You need a hashkacha to me. This you have to make sure there's no tail still part of you know attached to the cow. There's no meat. Oxtail is a is an expensive dish in uh, in New York, right? Oxtail. So uh, that's considered busser. So you have to make sure that it's done correctly. But that's sheeta number one of the achiezer. Hetter number two. We'll uh, we'll skip around. That's the panim chadashes baokan. There's it's called nisht- the way the pais can discuss it. They term it uh, as nishtane. Something new, something new came about, and therefore it no longer retains its original iser. Where do we see this concept of nishtane? 
So I mentioned there's a the Shulchan Aruch Hashem Reish Tazayim. He brings down what bracha you make on musk. So musk, the Mishmur is not sure what musk is. Musk is some type of scent. It comes from the musk deer. They weren't sure if it was from the back leg. And this is uh, used in perfumes. It's used in uh, as a very it's a, it's a, it has a great taste. So. The Mishabur discusses, based on the Rishonim, would you eat this? If You, you can make a bracha on the Burmese of Summit, but would you eat this? Is it, is it kosher? And many many of the Achroinim invoke the concept of Nishtana, that something changed. You have many sugyas and shas. Number one, we, we know that uh, that dam nechav and asachalov, that the milk comes from blood. You have the Gemara talks about a frayach, talks about a chick that was born from a non-kosher bird. So the chick itself is kosher because the, the Gemara says it, it changed. You have a, you have a kosher animal that was yoinik v'natrefi. You have many sources in Shas that nishtana is a heter. So do, could we apply it to other cases? Or perhaps we should say in ba'el chidushai, wherever it says it, it says it. Then we can't just uh, apply it wherever we want. So Rabbeinu Yonah says, I'll bring you a raya. Rabbeinu Yonah says, regarding musk, this is in Rabbeinu Yonah in Brachos, he says, I'll bring you a raya from Devash, from honey. We know honey is mutter, and therefore, if honey is mutter, this uh, this uh, musk that comes from the deer, the blood of a deer, and it's changed, it changes into perfume, it should be mutter to eat. Now, what's his raya from Devash? So there's it's one of two things. Most learn that he's talking about the ragli devarim. The halach is that, let's say you had uh, bee parts that are in the honey, so the Gemara says that it's nishtana, the bee parts become like honey. Or the Gemara gives another example of, of, of Basar. If Basar is in the honey, the Basar is Misrasari. It, it, it changes, it spoils, and becomes part of the honey. The honey is such a strong uh, food that it, it, it alters the chemical uh, makeup of the meat or the, or the ragli devarim, the, the bee parts, and it turns it into honey. So the question is, can we apply this to our case of of gelatin, where you have something that's changing. It originally was a piece of hide. When you, if you saw it uh, before it was processed, it was hide. Now you see it in a marshmallow that doesn't look like cow skin. It's it's a, it's gelatin. It's a it's a gel substance. It doesn't look like uh, the cow. So maybe it's called nishtane and a shvi mutter. That is the uh, that is the heter really of Achiezer, a second heter of Chaim Eiser. He says this heter of nishtane. So there are a few a few issues with this. Number one. The uh, Rechatzko Abramski. Now, Rechatzko Abramski was not famous for, for his halachic psak. He, um, he was famous for the Chazoni Cheskel on the Tosefta. However, he wrote a tshuva that he didn't want to be printed, but the Tzitzeliezer printed it in, the, in his Akdama to Chayel of Dalad. And he says the following He says that you cannot rely on this heter of Nishtana, of changing, because think about it. All they're doing here is accessing the collagen of the, of, of the hide. You're not changing the the hide you're just pulling out some bad parts and 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 uh tapping into the collagen hydrolyzing it and turning it into gelatin that's not called nishtana nishtana is you had blood blood changed to milk you had bee parts that turned into honey that's a drastic change where there's no change here nothing new there's no pun there's new things there's nothing new you just you're separating out separating out uh uh what do you call it uh a good from the bad, and therefore that is not called uh, Panam Chadashes. He does say that maybe it's mutter for another reason, and that's the third reason. But that's the, uh, that's the, that's the, Rabbi Chaskal Abramski, he argued on Chaim Meiser. Additionally, the Chassam Seifer said that if you look at the heter of of, uh, of honey, the Gemara there says it, it, 
it went bad. It was Misra Sarech. It turned awful before it changed. When did it turn awful here? Maybe we'll talk about this. Maybe they pour in some uh, acid, but it didn't get bad. Additionally, when it comes to uh, when it comes to nishtana, it's only when it turns into something we know is mutter, like honey, like uh, like milk. He's not happy with Urbaniana on Musk. Either way, because of these complications, the Prima Gautam says we only rely on Ishtana by Dirabanans. But when it comes to Dirabanans, we do not rely on Ishtana. And that's the second the second possible heter of Panam Chadash's Bokan. The Prima Gautam says we cannot rely on it for Dirabanans. For Dirabanans, we can rely on it. Now, Rabbi Vadi Yosef does not go with the Prima Gautam. He's a Sephardi. He's entitled to. He argues in the Prima Gautam. He holds that there will be no problem to rely on Panam Chadash's Bokan. No problem. So I had a Shiloh recently. This uh, one, of, one of the ladies in school, they called, and one of the children brought a, a yogurt that contained gelatin. And this child needed assistance uh, eating, so she wanted to know, can I feed the yogurt to this Jewish child when I know it contains gelatin in it? There's gelatin in it, not kosher, non-kosher gelatin. Am I allowed to feed the child? So whether or not one could rely on Ravadi Yosef in this case, he's, he's Mekel, Ravadi is Mekel, he holds that, he holds two reasons when it comes to yogurt, he actually talks about yogurt, he says, Svek Sveker, Suffolk, then maybe we rely on Rabchaim Moiser, the second Suffolk is next week's share, regarding Dover HaMaimid, is, is the gelatin considered a Dover HaMaimid, and, and not Batal, but that's, a, that's an interesting application of this. Just by the way, once we said that we could rely on Dirabanans, by Dirabanans we could rely on Ishtaneh, so I just want to mention Ravdelsky's at Sal's Psak regarding uh, regarding kidneys. So one of the one of the disputes amongst kosher agencies and you know different families. This could be a point of contention regarding the beverage uh, options on uh, on Pesach. Many will not drink Diet Coke. The Badatzei the Charedes will not give Ashkach on Diet Coke for uh, for Pesach. Why is that? Because the artificial sweeteners, your aspartame, it comes from corn. It's a uh, Talking about hydrolyzing, so you hydrolyze the corn, and you uh, you change the chemical makeup of corn, and you could pull out a uh, a low calorie or a calorie free sweetener called aspartame, or you could change it in a, with a different uh, different enzymes, and you could create citric acid. So the question is, can one use citric acid or aspartame that comes from kidneys? So the OU, the CRC, and many hashkachas allow it. We allow, we give Ashkach on Pepsi for Pesach, the OU gives Ashkach on Coke for Pesach. So they do allow aspartame. That was Nishtane. Why is that? Even though Nishtane is a complicated sugya, not so simple. However, when it comes to kidneys, the whole thing is a minog anyways. So we can rely on Rabbi Yoyna, on the Prima Gadim, that relies on the Rabbanans, and therefore we would give Ashkach on, on the citric acid, on the aspartame. Those that argue would say, it's not called uh, Sirchain, where it didn't spoil. We, didn't spoil at any point. Why is that called Nishtana? And again, you have Machlekes. Either way, if you want to be Machmer, either way, it's Batal. The uh, the aspartame is Batal in the, in the in the Diet Coke. So it's only a question of what the Hashkacha should do. But as a consumer, even if you want to be Machmer on Nishtana, you could drink your Diet Pepsi. Yes, sir, Ari? Yeah, I was trying to understand. You said that people are Machalik uh, on a bee and, and they're vis-a-vis uh, -vis the, uh, the musk from a deer. Okay, and first of all, my question, probably I know the answer, but is there a difference, the fact that a, the deer is kosher and the bee obviously isn't, um, but we, as you said before, once it's, it changes, it does, we don't really care what animal it's from. Um, well, they didn't shack the deer, they just, took it, they just took it out while it was still alive, they would just extract it from the blood, from the uh -huh. blood of the deer. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, even if it was shacked, the blood would still be a problem. 
But um, the question no, is, can, can we compare it to what the Gemara says? The Gemara gives, uh, you know, these cases that are called Nishtana. Can we just, from our own logic, add to it? So Ravadi Yosef says, yeah, whatever I want to add, I could add. And and L'chayra, the Reb Chaim Hoja said the same thing. Others say, well, you know, it's it's a, it's all a piece svara. We're dealing with questions of deraisa. So the Primagodim says, I'm not willing to identify something as nishtana when I'm dealing with deraisas. I don't know. I don't know what is called a biological change, what's not. By derabanons, we could be makel. So Rabalski said, kidneyus, who cares? Aspartame from corn, citric acid from corn, who cares? It's all kidneyus anyways, and lechayra is nishtana. Others would say, no, this, it's, as Rabbi Ari is uh, pointing out, Rabbi Vadi said this, that if it's if it's considered a chemical change, that itself is called nishtana. And therefore, panim chadashos baokan, and the same way we could uh, have honey, dzvash tevarim, we should also be able to have musk. In fact, the El Yerabba on our Chaim says that. He says that the musk would be, you'd, you'd be allowed to eat the musk based on Rabbeinu Yoyna. So that's the machlekes, and I think we're hitting the machlekes, the tutstadim. It's all a piece svara, right? Okay. Let's learn the third, the third, uh, the third hetter. The third hetter would be yavesh ke'etz. The, the Ramah says there's a way to make cheese. We'll, we'll learn about if it's lechatchila or b'tiyavet. There's a way to make cheese by drawing out the stomach of the of, of, a, of, a, of a cow. Usually it will be a calf's stomach or a gullets of a goat. We'll discuss that, how to make artisan cheese. And if you dry it out, it's yavesh ke'etz. It's dried out. And it's mutter. Anything that's dried out would be eitz uh, ba'alma, no longer considered food. So lechayra... We should apply this to all types of gelatin. Any any gelatin, pig skin, bones, even if the bad hashkacha left the meat on it, who cares? If during the process it got dried out, yavesh ke'etz, it got dried out, it should be mutter. So who says this? This is what Rav Chatzka Abramsky said, l'halacha, quoted by the Tzitzeliezer. Rav Asher Weiss, he did not like the Panam Chadashas. He felt that that's, that's a Tully and Svara, the Panam Chadashas. But if, in fact, it's Yavish Gates, it's dried out, that would be a significant heter to rely on, even by even by pig gelatin. So there are many, and there are many riots to this that we do make up our own Yavish Gates. For example, we have this Ramah. There's a Halach and Shulchan regarding bugs. If you have bugs that were 12 months old, so you had, uh, I don't know, you had cashews, and there are worms in the cashews, or your pickles, and um, and it's twelve months old. The halacha is, or the bug is, is it's it's uh, it's it's been dead for twelve months. It's yavesh. It's uh, it's ba'almo. It's garbage. There's a chiddush or a Velsky, Rav Gissinger, that's all that if you if you freeze dry an item, that is also considered yavesh ke'etz and it's mutter. That's why you get a freeze dried uh, raspberries or uh, strawberries in your cereal. Uh, you can't eat a fresh strawberry. They didn't wash it. They just freeze dried it. That's also yav- and you feel the, the strawberry itself is yavesh ke'etz. So anything the the bug the bug would also be uh, yavesh yavesh ke'etz. So we see that the place can say this concept of yavesh ke'etz. Your baseball glove, your your football, your leather couch. You drop a piece of steak, a hot steak, on your leather couch. You know how to eat it? No, it's yavesh ke'etz. So L'chayra, if in fact it is Yavish Kait, it should be Mutter. Now, why is this not accepted by everyone? So I'll tell you, some Paiskim say, Ravad Yosef, Rav Asherais, many Paiskim say this, This, uh, if in fact it's Yavish Kait, it should be Mutter. So there are many Achorinim that discuss this. Just to mention in passing, the Noyed Behuda has a famous chuva on Izen, Izenglas or Izenglasen. That's the uh, it's a swim bladder of a sturgeon that was historically used when they made beer in Europe to uh, as a clarifying agent. It, you know, beer is now people like cloudy beer, but for many years people did not like cloudy beer. So if you had a cloudy beer, you would put in isinglass. It's a clarifying agent, and it cleaned it out. Guinness did it for years. 
Um, they just stopped recently, but they were doing it for years. And they actually had Ashkoch on it. The KF, the Kosher Federation of London, they gave Ashkoch on it with the Isinglass. So what's Pshat? Now there's a tshuva regarding that, that you're not trying to eat it. It's just being used as a clarifying agent. In that tshuva, he discusses if the, the swim bladder of the sturgeon is it considered Yavesh Ke'et. And he is not so um, quick to say things are Yavesh Ke'et. So that, that's something to keep in mind. When do we say something's Yavesh Ke'et? It's totally dry? Maybe not. The Minchasitza discusses carmine. Carmine is a is a bug that that has a, that when you crush it, you get red color. Many many products have it in it. Many uh, strawberry milks and Tums, natural Tums has carmine. Carmine is not kosher, but the Minchasitza actually was Mako. The, the Paisik Vedeh Charedas, he said, that it's also Yavish Ke'et. So one of the reasons why they did not like this is because when you're using it as a food ingredient, how could you call it Yavish Ke'et? How could you say it's Yavish Ke'et on the carmine when you're using it for food? Um, and therefore, many, so, uh, so, so many of the Paiskim argued on this Yavish Ke'et's business. Additionally, we learned, um, and by the way, the riot to that would be from Sa'ar. Pesach's coming up. So the Pasuk says, you cannot eat chametz and you cannot eat Sa'ar. So Sa'ar is not yeast. Sa'ar is sourdough. How do you make sourdough? So the baker would take a piece of dough that had yeast from the previous uh, baking, leave it near the oven, it would turn hard, and it would collect all the ambient yeast in the air, and it would ferment. Now, this you would never eat it, but they would take a small piece of the sourdough, and they would add it to every subsequent baking. That's what sa'ar is. Sa'ar is sourdough. Now, sa'ar is not edible. Nobody eats sa'ar, but it, it's used as an ingredient in a, in a broader, uh, in, a, in, a, in a challah. So, therefore... Sa'ar is still considered roi la'chila. So Rav Aaron Cutler, again, not famous for his for his sakim, but he had the tshuva on gelatin in the Mishnah of Aaron, many pages on this, and he said that even if you want to go with yavesh ke'etz, it's still used as a as an ingredient, and therefore it will be like sa'ar and it will be aser. Additionally, we learned this on, on the first year we discussed that there's a famous sheet of the Chavaz Das. The Chavaz Das asks, asks a stira. It says. We know that anything that shaloi kedar hachila, if you eat something in an odd way, you're not you're not over anything on a deraisa level. Yet the Torah says that that la gera sherba shirecha tetanana, you should you should give the food to a ger taishav, only if it's royal achila. If it's not royal achila, it's not aser. So if it's not edible, we know it's mutter because it's in a it's it's shaloi kedar hachila. So why do you need these two? So he has this famous din that there's a difference between. Shaloi Kedarech, eating something that's too hot or frozen, versus Nifsa Mayachila, this became puzzle. So, the way they manufacture the, uh, so, so the Chavaz Das says that let's you added a small amount, a small amount of uh, bitrix, a bitter substance into a food, that's called Shaloi Kedarech. You drink it as Shaloi Kedarech, but if you would extract it, the food itself is still fine. That's the discussion regarding perfumes. You have perfumes that come from Europe where they use wheat alcohol so there's a question of owning it on pesach now you're not going to drink it it's in a royal achila lechera but according to the chavez das if you would just extract the uh the the bitter substances of the perfume you're left with alcohol the alcohol never lost its its uh its shame achila that's the machlekes those that are machmir will, will avoid european perfumes and colognes now those that are mako but either way that's the shita of the chavez das so in this case you took hide you soak it with uh, all types of uh uh, acid or base, and it's it's not it's not edible. But they just pull it out. They extract all the acid and base, and you chemically altered 
the hide. Now you have gelatin. So how can you call that nifsa mechila? It's just irub b'davamar. That was the second reason why Aaron was was machmer. And the third reason he said it's achshave. That even if something is a, again, if you take a baseball glove and you take a fork and knife and barbecue sauce and you eat it, there's an isidur abundant of achshave. You've shown this, that this chashivas to this that it's considered food and it's aser. So with all these three reasons, of Aaron Cutler was machmer, and for some reason. I mean, we can understand this became the Pesach in America. In America, none of the, na- the national hashkachas, your OU, none of the hashkachas will allow uh, gelatin, even if it's done from cow skin, even if you have mashkiach tamidi, if it's not shechted, if it's not a shechted cow, it's, if it's nevela, they will not allow, they will, they will not allow gelatin based on, again, we went through three different sugyas, nishtane, arvat samois, and this question of yavesh, of yavesh ke'et, and all three, there's what to rely on, and on the other side, there are many reasons to to be machmer, and therefore, if you th- if you take it all together in America, uh, they, they are machmer. Just a just a, a one afkamina that comes out of this that's important to consider is that when you see gel caps, medicine that that's uh, put together in a gel cap, or gelatinized starch in a tablet, so we should realize that the Isr Shabbai, meaning let's say you, you want to avoid eating non-kosher, even if it's in medicine, the, the whole Isr is really, is really mutter, you know, because we just saw three different shitas while we're mako, oh, uh, and we're, again, we're still machmer, we're cutler, but when a person doesn't have an alternative, you don't have to feel so bad that, that you're stuck with taking a gel cap because the gel cap is gelatin, and you have, you have Rav Avadya, Rav you have other Paiskim that hold that, that the gelatin uh, would probably be probably be mutter. Just to close off with some of the, just just uh, what, what is done. Lamaisa, what what is done? So there are three different types of three or four different types of gelatin that's available on the market. You have your classic, you know, Cisco marshmallows. Those are made with uh, gelatin from pigs. Nobody's giving hashkach on it, and um, and again, that would be totally in the machlokes. Then you have what they call kosher gelatin. So Dan and yogurt with a K on it. You're a planter's peanuts with a K on it. Um, Yo plate yogurt. So that they're relying as long as it's bovine, it's cow skin that it's mutter. Now there's there's what to discuss in halacha. However, from a practical standpoint, we mentioned you lose some of the terim because they leave meat on it and no one's actually checking it out. Additionally, these hashkachas never visit their plants. They, they make it in the same companies that, that we go to, and we never see them there. So we kasher after 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 they make their gelatin yogurt. So again, not, not to be relied upon, but interesting to, to think about. And let's say a lady has a Shiloh, she's feeding a, a child in a school, and you don't want to, to cause a whole rash, perhaps one could rely on her bavadia and allow her to, to, feed, to feed it. Regarding glacosher gelatin, so there's not much of a market for it. And if you think about it, there's, there's many reasons. First of all, a lot of the gelatin is coming from overseas, not in places where you want to send shaykhtim. Additionally, you have a lot of work. You have to trace, you have to trace the cow because after shechita, you have to also have to check the lungs. So it means you have to keep a, a system and tag and tag each hide to make sure that that it's uh, it's the kosher one. Additionally, you have to salt it. So there's a lot of processing involved. And finally, interestingly, most of the most of the gelatin is not coming from the the, the main part of the hide. It's trimmings. The, the the main part of the skin is used for leather. The leather industry not used for gelatin. They use trimmings. So. You're paying a premium price for kosher, glad kosher gelatin. Because of that, there's very, a very limited kosher gelatin available on the market. What people end up using is, just by the way, if Moshe holds, that kosher gelatin is parv. Why? Because here, R is only, R of Behemoth is only 
a buster on a Durabana level. And if it goes through all these processes, Nishtana and then the Yavish Kates, therefore Ramash says it's Parv, that's the OU's Psak. The OU writes OU Parv on their uh, gelatin that comes from shefted cows. What people do is they use fish gelatin. That's the more common uh, thing to use is fish gelatin. It's cheaper. You don't have the same issues economically as making a Glock Husher uh, gelatin. They use fish gelatin. There's interesting Shiloh just quickly regarding um, using fish gelatin marshmallows. That's, that's your Pashkas and Elio and marshmallows are fish gelatin. Can you uh, grill it on a, on a Flesha grill that's full of meat? So you don't add fish and meat together. So Pashkas should be usher, especially because um, what do you call it? Uh, that that Chamira um, Sakata Meisura, that Sakana is worse than Isser. However, the Chsam Soifer and others say that the whole Sakana is fish itself. Not skin, not uh, not not uh, not not uh, scales. So it depends. It depends which boat you're in. Some people are looking for chumros, chamiras sakatamisura. That fish is not bought to leave in mashishim. That those like the magen avram and Rav Hashem that are looking for kulos when it comes to fish and meat. So depending on what you're looking for, either it could be machmer on the marshmallows or it could be makel. But that's the uh, that's the gelatin industry. Many of the halachas come from the sifim that we're learning in Pezayin. and. This discussion of Nishtana has many ramifications in Allah, as you mentioned, carmine, isinglaz, uh, kidneys, your aspartame on Pesach, the diet, Pepsi, diet Coke. So it's a, I thought it was an appropriate time to speak it out, as these things have many, uh, many ramifications in Halacha, and it's based on our, our simon here. Okay, so if something has a K, is it any 